Listen here, you see, this following podcast contains spoilers for The Absent-Minded Professor, you see? Which is Flubber, you see? It's the, f- the original Flubber, you see? <laughs> you have been warned, you see? <laughs> What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Camp Out News Radio. And by the numbers, we've calculated, you see? We've calculated the numbers, we added positives, we've added all the variables possible. We are going to record today something very special for you all. As always, I'm Glenjamin Button, and also we have Miguel McGusto! I almost said, hello, hello, hello. You see? E equals MC squared, you see? You see, we've got the numbers. We've got the numbers. My my <laughs> see, number's nine. We're, we tried to go with something like uh, cool, like that matched like the tone of the the uh, what we did last week. And uh, we're yeah, not no. scientists. We we're not li- scientists. We straight up said that last week that we were we not. Said it several times. Several times. Several times. But so instead, this time we've decided to become <laughs> mobsters who are also scientifically based in knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Mars is the fourth planet. You see. Yes, we're gonna live there one day. Yes. Yes, and we also live in the 1960s. You see? We talk so proper okay. and long. <laughs> How you doing, Glenn? I'm, not, I'm doing so much better now. That's good. <laughs> I am. That's good. I'm glad to hear it. Listen, buddy, I know we watched some movies. I want to hear all about it. We did watch some movies. You want me to go first this time? You know what? No, I'm pretty proud of okay. myself this week. I'll I saw. First. I saw. You yeah, did yeah. at least two. That, for sure, at least two. Mm-hmm. I have been cranking them out the last three or four days. Um Hey, because I gotta catch up. I've been slacking very hard, and I apologize for that. I gotta it's catch up all right. to all these 2020 movies. So uh, I decided, why not start out with all these 2020 movies? Then starting out with one that came out in 2021, and <gasps> that was uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too far into this. Um, honestly, I got a bad taste in my mouth from the trailer reaction we did, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings going into it. So I'm just gonna say it was far better than uh what we got originally by joss whedon and um you know it but it didn't very far stretch itself away from it as much as i was hoping but it was still very very much better version of what that originally was because you know snyder got to do so much of what he wanted and what his vision was before he had to step away Mm -hmm. um or there was so much missing before he had to step away and then that came out and then we got what we got. Yeah. Oh my God, so much better. Moving on from that, um, I got. Oh, uh, before you move on, I was actually worried mind. about you because you oh, were yeah? text. You were texting me like updates. Oh yeah, but you well, stopped I, I at the I two hour wanna, mark. I didn't want to spam you with too much during the oh, whole you can, thing. I spam you when I watch movies. So and also, I was I was hanging out with the boys. We were kind of just just watching it and shooting yeah. shit. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is it is better for sure. And That's I good. did I did survive, which is even better. Yeah. Um, but after that, uh, I watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which was an excellent film. It was, mm-hmm. uh, basically it was, uh, Chadwick Boseman's last real role or like full role, I'm assuming before he actually passed away. Yeah. I believe it's hit the final release too, mm-hmm. unless they have like some footage of him that they're going to use in like a black panther 2 or whatever but yeah, um I, I don't i don't think that's gonna happen i think they're gonna yeah i don't either but they're gonna honor him by not doing that yeah. um uh but yeah it's really good film chadwick really gives it to us here um 
such a such a strong before like performance. Um, I was I was a little bit worried that because of uh, what, what's the word posthumous, like a because, posthumous, yeah, yeah, because he died. I think I thought people were gonna overhype it, but he actually was really really good in this. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Viola Davis, obviously, stunner as well. Yeah. So it was it was a really good good movie for sure. Uh, after that, I watched Pieces of a Woman. Um, it's got uh, Vanessa Kirby, Shia LaBeouf, a bunch of other people in there. That first, we've I mean, you've talked about it already, um, I believe. Um, yeah. That first that first thirty minutes, man, it it had me. I was I was ready for what was coming after that. It was like I had it had me. I had a little bit of tears going on. I'm not gonna lie about it. It actually mm-hmm. kind of made me te- like gas up a little bit in the eyeball region that produced the tears. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Never felt that in my life. and then it just was slow and steady downhill from there yeah it didn't get terribly terribly boring but it did not live up to that first 30 minutes of basically where it was all one shot and you get you get this relationship you get this relationship build building up and then just Mm kind of it it took it away from me unfortunately i really loved that first 30 minutes i thought it was really great and then uh you know, then it would just became okay after that, sadly. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I watched The Trial of the Chicago 7, which actually I didn't expect to like at all. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Yeah, I was uh, in the same boat when I watched it. Mm-hmm. I just kind of thought it was like another, you know, one of these movies. Um, but, like, I actually enjoyed everybody in it. I enjoyed the, the story of it. I Because it was, hey, it's real. It was all real. Um, and just, it didn't. I wasn't really like distracted with anything else either. Like I had my eyes glued to the TV, which isn't normal. So that was it was really cool. I really enjoyed that, um, and also seeing a uh, Sasha Baron Cohen in something that's not really like Borat or comedy esque is like really cool. Even though he is kind of like a comedic uh, guy in this movie, yeah, but not in like the satire or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, when he when he pops up in Sweeney Todd. Like he's really good yeah. in Sweeney Todd, but he's a uh... Yeah, you're you're used to seeing him play like these outlandish characters mm-hmm. trying to get politicians caught with their hand down their pants, yeah. literally. And uh, so it was, it was really yeah. cool to see him, and everybody else was it was great in it. Um, mm-hmm. After that, I watched another round with uh, Moss Mickelson uh, and uh, Thomas Vintenberg, uh, who who made um, you know the one that's coming not in my head right now, How the hunt, you, the hunt. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I was going to say Goodwill Hunting. I'm like, that's very wrong, Glenn. That is very wrong. <laughs> that's Gus Van Sant. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I love this movie a lot. I, yeah, it's a good movie. I honestly, I didn't really know too much about it, but I know obviously Moss and it was like a, a movie after uh, The Hunt, those those two duos. And there were a couple other people. What is it? Thomas Bo Larson as well? Yeah, he's, he's the um, one that plays his best friend in both yeah yeah um and the the funny thing about this movie uh, another round is that like when you first hear what their plan is mm-hmm. i don't know if there's a single person in the audience that's just like that sounds like a good idea yeah everyone is like ev- you go into that knowing that what they're doing is a giant mistake oh yeah but it keeps you along for the ride and it keeps you interested mm-hmm. the whole time yeah this is this is one i I, I like this like duo of Moss and uh, Thomas Hindenburg, yeah. um, and I honestly hope they keep going because they they do give great movies out oh, yeah. so far that they've been doing together. And a, everybody else involved, not just yeah. those two, but still a tragic yet 
like inspiring tale about mm-hmm. the making of um, uh, another round. Uh, Thomas Vinterberg's daughter, uh, who was 19, actually was set to be one of the students in the film, mm-hmm. but died in a car accident four days into filming it. Oh, no. Uh, so, obviously, with the grieving that he had to do, the fact that he was able to finish this film mm-hmm. uh, is incredible. And he said oh, that absolutely. making this, uh, com- completing the film, like, helped ke- uh, keep him sane. I can and imagine. kind of gave him a... Uh, a project to work on for his daughter rather than just like wallowing in not that there's anything wrong with wallowing yeah. in, in, in your grief, but like it, that, he, he, that he had the, the, the gusto to still go on. Exactly. Was and really cool to hear. It really just kind of makes this film that much more interesting because it's, it is really a celebration of life mm-hmm. in, in a way. Like, yes, what they're doing is essentially making them alcoholics. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's the it's, sole purpose of trying to, get better instead of living the daily drag that they've been doing exactly yeah Yeah. um and it's a beautiful film and i'm really excited that he got nominated for a best director as well Mm -hmm. yeah i I did love the movie it was fantastic but uh, Mm -hmm. anything moss is in i'll eat up oh yeah just like if kurt russell was in it too you know same thing (laughs) um and then after that i watched uh life itself it's got olivia wilde oscar isaac antonio banderas there's a lot of a lot of a lot of people's names in here um I didn't really know much about this movie, to be honest, but I know I, I see it a lot in ads as far as, like, Amazon goes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, it's got Oscar Isaac, Olivia Wilde. I like those two. Why not? So I put it on, and the first section was pretty good. But like, um, there, were, there were sections that were good, but as a whole, the movie kind of had you all over the place. It didn't really have you attached like I was hoping it would. Yeah. Um. Or I, in fact, I didn't even know it was going to be split up into sections. I don't know if you've seen this or not. I haven't, no. Um, but I'll, I'll let you find out on your own. But it's kind of split up into different sections. And I am i wasn't really a fan of how all over the place it was, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was rough. The performances were great, but it was just uh, it was kind of rough movie. Uh, I, it wasn't really attached. My eyeballs weren't on it all the time to, yeah. like, to stick on it. You know, It wasn't grabbing me. Yeah. Um, but overall it was fine and uh, last but not least besides our movie I watched Promising Young Woman with uh, Carrie Mulligan and Bo Burnham and a bunch of other people absolutely fantastic movie uh, 100% agree uh, 100% dear agrees. lord it's one of the best movies of the year. Obviously, it's nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, best. It's nominated for Best Director. Uh, mm-hmm. I b- believe Best Original Screenplay uh, mm-hmm. with Emerald Fennell and and uh, also uh, Best uh, Lead Actress, which is Carrie Mulligan. Um, John Clark and I saw this in uh, theaters back in January. Actually, the week after our our film shoot. Yeah. Uh, I kind of that was my payment to him was taking him to the movies. <laughs> um, I'm sure he and, ate it up as well. Oh yeah, he, lo- yeah. he loves it, and it is just—it's a fantastic film. And yeah, there's—I a... I wasn't expecting to be so attached. Like I was—I was doing some other stuff today, but like I had always like had my eyes on the movie the whole time. Like oh, it yeah. had me that gripped onto it, mm-hmm. and I, I was loving each and every second of it, even all the parts with Bo Burnham. Because you don't—he's to... fucking great in it. Yeah, he's absolutely fantastic. Like he, he there's definitely elements of his personality in it, but it's mm-hmm. like. It's him toned back and an actual normal person yeah. that you believe to be a pediatrician. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and then when he gets confronted about the video, it's like spoilers. A whole new, 
<laughs> I didn't say. I just said a video. I didn't that's say okay. much. You're right, when you're he right. gets con- confronted about a video, he, that's when you see total kick in. He's doing fantastic. Obviously, Carrie Mulligan is killing it yeah. in this movie. You just don't expect it from Bo just, Burnham. Yeah, like, you just don't Carrie, expect it from Bo. Carrie Mulligan has proven herself. Bo Burnham has proven himself as a director, mm-hmm. but I did not know his acting chops were that deep. And it yeah, was great much, to see. As much as you got to see was that Mike Birbiglia uh, movie. Or Big, Biglia? Biblia? Biglia movie. Birbiglia? Yeah, thank you. Uh, what was that? Uh, don't Think Twice? Uh, yes. Okay, I, I don't... He, he's kind of like a a back like in the back comedian okay he pops yeah. in every now and then yeah that's what um but yeah i mean directing eighth grade he definitely has the talent for filmmaking it's just cool to see him on mm-hmm. the acting side uh but yeah other than that that's uh all i've all i've seen other than cool. the uh, last one that we'll talk about yeah Mike, uh, well i watched seven movies this mm. this week uh two rewatches um the first one is coming to the number two America, coming to America, the sequel yeah. to Coming to America. Uh, honestly, yes, it's not the same as the first one. Yes, it's PG thirteen and not rated R, but I I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's my uh, my roommates were just watching it the other day. I, I have no intention yeah. of watching it, but like it's tell it's me about it. obviously it's not the first. It, it, the, I think the reason that it is PG-13 instead of R. And it could have been a studio call to, you know, to try to garner more money. But I feel like it's mainly because Eddie Murphy uh, has matured in a way. Like, the yeah. first the first film, I don't want to say is misogynistic, but the entire thing is about him finding the love of his life and sex is also thrown in there. Yeah. Uh, not for his character, but, uh, you know, he, he, he has these naked servants and everything. And it's, um, again, like, I don't want to use the word misogynistic, but like, that's the only word that comes to mind. Uh, it, but this one definitely showed a maturity. One of his daughters actually plays his daughter in the film. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and it's just, it's, it's, yeah, I th- I think it's less different, but it's good. Yeah. I think we've, we've noticed down the path so far that he, we're not going to get the same Eddie Murphy that we had 20, 30 years ago. And honestly, it's it's for the better. Like I I feel like he was stuck in a rut of the films that that succeeded in the early 2000s, late 90s for him. Mm-hmm. And he's finally just kind of been like, "You know what? I'm going to make what I want to make." Yeah, it's nice and, to see him come back for doing some some of the, yeah. his different things that he's been doing lately. And with like Dolomite is my name. Uh mm-hmm. yes, that's rated R, but that's also a different film than Coming to America. I feel like Coming to America the sequel, he wanted to make for more generations than just, you know, 21 or uh, 17 and older. Yeah. Uh, he he wanted to make it for younger people as well. Um and I I could be wrong. I'm just speculating, but it's it's definitely more family friendly and I I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of dirty in its points. It's not like you know, yeah. Disney, it's not Disneyfied. It's just more uh, universal. Yeah, um, it's filtered a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then I watched uh, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Not the uh, Tim Burton one. I've watched that one several times. Mm-hmm. This one is the stage production that was filmed in 1982 with Angela Lansbury as, um, oh, why can't I think of her name? The, the woman who makes the pies. Uh... Oh God! I, what is? I cannot weigh in. I've never, I've never watched a play or the movies. Oh, um, Mrs. Lovett, and uh, it's also got George Hearn as Sweeney Todd. Uh, I don't know who he is, but you know he's Sweeney Todd, so I might as well throw his name out there. Uh, but yeah, it's a stage production. It's incredible. Uh, Sweeney Todd's like one of my favorite plays. So, 
Uh, I love it. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I watched The Courier with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, where he plays a British salesman turned spy for the oh, UK. Oh, yeah, this movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a really good spy film. Um, you know, it's probably not as fast-paced as a lot of, a lot of people would want it, but it yeah. is what I liked most about it is that it shows that the way to becoming allies is a uh, general respect for people's cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's this this scene, and I'm I'm not gonna say any more than this. There's a scene where his uh, his Russian friend, who's kind of the person that in- initiated the information coming from the USSR. Um, so you know, he's not a bad guy. He they're friends. They go yeah. to see uh, Swan Lake at the uh, the opera and or the the ballet and um you know just you could just see in their eyes that this is like a huge moment where it's like the first time that he's experiencing russian culture and it's this huge beautiful scene where you you, he kind of just sees it and just an emotional moment just that respect for cultures even though their country is definitely a big piece of their culture as well yeah exactly and it kind of shows that like like while governments might hate each other it's never about the people and mm-hmm. if things were about the people, people would probably get along along much more than you know governments will let them. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. I, I highly suggest it. All right. uh, then I watched the Absent-Minded Professor. We'll get to that in a minute. I rewatched Sound of Metal because it's such a great fucking movie. It, it really is. And uh, I can't remember who mentioned it. Someone mentioned it. And that is the reason I rewatched it. Okay. I, I legitimately can't remember who mentioned it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to rewatch that right now. So I rewatched it. And it's great. I highly suggest Sound of Metal. It's my favorite film of last year. Yep, it is. Um, it is a fantastic movie for yeah. sure. Then I watched Night of the Kings, which is a movie from the Ivory Coast or just Ivory Coast. I don't know if it's the Ivory Coast or just Ivory Coast. Uh, but it's a West African country. Um it is nominated for best international film at the inter- at the independent spirit awards not the oscars um so that's the main reason i watched it mm-hmm. it's beautifully shot it's essentially this film about this this kid that gets arrested and thrown in jail and uh it's this kind of like this anar uh uh anarchy type jail where the prisoners run the jail and the guards are just doing their best to survive yeah um and so the leader of the prison selects him to be the storyteller on the night of the red moon. Mm-hmm. And it's this whole thing. I can't, I don't want to say too much without giving it away, but it is yeah, it very sounds complicated. Yeah. Well, it, complicated to tell. Yeah. It's, it's very, um, it's, it's, it's a beautifully shot film. So at the very least you're going to get something that looks gorgeous when you watch it. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I suggest night of the Kings as well. Then I rewatched Jumanji because watching uh, the original Flubber made me miss Robin Williams. Absolutely. And also while watching The Absent-Minded Professor, I realized that I only have Jumanji on VHS and I should get it on Blu-ray. So I got it on Blu-ray and then I watched it. You beautiful bastard. (laughs) Uh, It holds up, honestly. Like, yeah, it's a kid's movie. Oh, yeah, for sure It's it's not like a a mind-blowing film. But as a kid's movie, it holds up and Mm -hmm. I I really enjoy it. kind of been you know a little more sentimental with the movies i loved as a kid and for obvious reasons 
and will probably show my son them when he comes. Mm. You know, right when, right out of the womb. Just yeah, show just him. Like, all right, kid, strap in. <laughs> You're ready. not gonna remember this, but watch this. <laughs> but you will. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's all I watched this week. Uh, okay. Before we get into the absent-minded professor, I hear you got some news. I do got some little bit of itty bitty news. Mm. All right. Uh, this these kind of both coincide together. Um, so I'll just I'll just spout them both out. Uh, one, uh, Black Widow. Uh, and Cruella kind of have their release dates uh, open and about. Um, so they're both, I think, uh, both maybe, keywords, maybe, don't quote me, kind of quote me. Um, okay, so Black Widow and Cruella are coming out. We finally got it. Uh, they're coming out on theaters like Disney wanted for so goddamn long. But also at the same time, they're coming out on Disney+. Plus. So mm-hmm. all this time they've been holding out uh, they're they're going to be releasing it on Disney Plus anyway, so mm-hmm. I don't I don't know exactly what that was about, but here here that is. So yeah. so hey, they're finally doing it. They're dropping that movie finally. <laughs> and speaking of the movies, hey, Regal finally let out some news, uh, March twenty third, <laughs> that they will finally be opening, um, April second, limited limited theater. Uh, opening uh, I don't know exactly how many will be I know so far none in our area it's been me and Mike are opening uh, at least in the immediate area um, mm-hmm. and they will slowly be opening more and more when it comes to the April the 16th and then slowly on and on after that and this is the part that I was saying coinciding together because Regal has also uh, Regal and Cineworld have also done a deal with Warner Brothers where they're going to get exclusive or like exclusivity to show Warner Brother movies before I think any other chain. Um, well, that but, makes sense because no other chain wants to show their movies. Yeah, so <laughs> so they're going to get like a 45-day window before I think they end up posting their movies onto HBO Max. Oh, I wonder how HBO Max feels about that. Um, I have no idea. I honestly Nor do I care. Fuck them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, Mortal Kombat. This, uh, you know, Godzilla, and again, they might. I don't know if they will or not. I'm not too sure. They might release the Snyder Cut into theaters again. Well, not again, but like, out there, if that's yeah. a thing that people want to do. Hey, if they do that, it'll make sense for it to finally be in that format instead so, of the, the yeah yeah boxes on the sides. Yeah, that's that's another thing I would only a ghost story can do that. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was it was not fun for me specifically me yeah but anyway um it would be great to see all those movies absolutely on the big screen mm-hmm. i'd rather not see them at home if i had the choice so yeah at least we get that regals are opening back up your boy's finally gonna have his job back here Woo! soon after basically a year and then going back to work for a month and a half and then another half a year not only are you getting your job back i'm gonna have a second reason to go to the movies and that's to see my precious mm-hmm. baby boy glenjamin button that's right and i can call you papa hicks when that happens yeah not figuratively papa hicks is my father yes papa hicks <laughs> yeah. i don't feel comfortable calling you daddy hicks you can call me daddy hicks i, don't I always did <laughs> i always did I just only in the bedroom <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I would like to say we got that news. That's pr- that's big news. That's big news yeah. for everybody. Movie theaters are coming back. I know AMC's been around for a little bit, but Regal's finally 
coming back out yeah. and be patient know, they will return yep hopefully we can you know stay open instead of i doubt i doubt they're gonna reclose after this but yeah they're gonna make everyone who said that theaters are dead look stupid mm-hmm. uh yes they're probably not gonna do as well as they did before yeah. but you know what they're not dead dead means gone yep. they're not gonna go the way of blockbuster yeah. because they provide something different absolutely there, there's no reason for them to go away and there never will be so yeah. That's all the news I got. All right. Anything on your end, or is it just? Uh, I had something, but then I forgot it, and I don't have like a link. So fuck it. it. (laughs) Let's get into the Disney film. After saying "fuck it," the absent-minded professor. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, Johnny. We've got him. Flopper. Betsy, you've got to let me explain what happened. Haven't you caused Miss Carlisle enough embarrassment? Now look, Come you on, stay Betsy. Out of this. Betsy, it's a sort of wedding present. We've got the flowers. The absent-minded professor. A college professor invents an anti-gravity substance which a corrupt businessman wants for himself. Oh, yes, it is directed by Robert Stevenson, written by Bill Walsh and Samuel W. Taylor. Uh, it is starring Fred McMurray, Nancy Olson, Keenan Wynn, and Tommy Kirk. And it is Flubber! It is before, Flubber. Before Flubber was popular enough to be it just is, the title. Yep, it is the OG Flubber. Yeah, I mean, the sequel of this is called The Son of Flubber. So, obviously, after this film, the, the word Flubber garnered some uh, traction. Um but yeah, this is a movie. This is a movie indeed. <laughs> from from the 1960s. Um, so, um, absolutely having no uh, thought at all or knowledge that this movie even existed, kind of I knew it, I knew in the recent like recently that it existed, but like for a long time I didn't know that Flubber wasn't the original Flubber. Oh, I knew. I always knew. Yeah. I, well, well not, not always. I'm not a big smart, smart scientist like yourself, okay? I'm only a scientist when it comes to movie trivia. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I had no idea this movie really existed, so I thought the OG was the Robin Williams one. Um, how dare I think originality yeah. is a thing. So, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> joking. But, uh, it's it's got a very similar, if not mirrored, plot to the Robin Williams yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, like they didn't change pretty much anything in the Robin mm-hmm. Williams one, other than the make of the car and a few modernizations. Um, yeah, and also really, a scene, it really was just a remake, honestly. Yeah. Also, a scene where he puts Flubber on the bottom of a uh, mm-hmm. bowling ball, and yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's it's a fun film, you know. It's it's not it's it's a '60s Disney movie. They weren't trying to wow anyone at that point. They're just yeah trying to make a fun family film and succeeded really mm-hmm. um kind of i don't know i feel like the absent-mindedness worked better with robin williams than it did fred mcmurray yeah uh granted other than uh dubnal dubnal double indemnity i don't really know fred Mur- fred mcmurray for much uh so that could just be my familiarization with yeah, um, I, th- I think because we've had so much experience with Robin and how expressive and fun and crazy he is yeah. on on film, I think it definitely worked for him better for yeah. sure. Also, he's 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 legitimately like he's a great actor, but he mm-hmm. was a comedian first. Yeah, and uh, Fred McMurray, I mean, he he was like the go to noir guy. Yeah, uh, with, with like the apartment and the Kane Mutiny 
double double indemnity. He's he's in a lot of black and white noir films, so it's not like he was a comedian turned. Well, he might have been. I honestly don't know, but m- more people know him for his noir films. Yeah, I th- I mean think if you think about it without comparing the two, I think he did he did pretty well. Yeah, um, yeah. That's I'm not trying to knock him, but it, yeah, I yeah. just it just having seen Flubber first. That element was definitely missing for me. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, there's there's definitely a lot that the, the two have in common. Like, literally, almost a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, instead of instead of a robot, this guy has a dog. Um, what is it? Weebo was uh the robot's name in Flubber, or something. Doesn't like he that? also have a dog in Flubber? He might have a dog. I I honestly I don't remember. But uh, um, I'm pulling it up now. But. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll just speak about it a little bit. They have they have a lot of little changes. Um, definitely, uh, around the halfway mark, it definitely, uh, changes a lot from, uh, from the way Flubber went compared to this, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, there definitely wasn't a lot of government stuff involved in Flubber. Um, yeah. With, had... with, with one time, with them legitimately saying that all Congress people should die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Which, like... in 2021, that was like, ew. Yeah. <laughs> It was kind of a funny joke at the same time. Yeah. So, like, in this one, the halfway mark, it started to, or Flubber started to deviate from the absent-minded professor, mm-hmm. um, which I think, in, in that respect, I think it was definitely better for that, like, in the way they were making Flubber. This, yeah. I mean, this was fine. I mean, if you're making this breakthrough scientific experiment, it makes sense that the government is involved in everything and that they're trying to get their hands on this. Mm-hmm. But it still was playing in this, like, uh, goofy, goofy way that this businessman is trying to get a hold of it for himself to become rich. Yeah, um, there's a lot of elements in the back half of this that were just so, so goofy and all happening at once. Mm-hmm. But I think the first half was was so much fun, and just how it was building up, and then the, the second half was just just really goofy, and there was a lot happening, and it just kind of all became went off big, the rails. A bit. Yeah, it went off the rails big time. Not um, in a bad way, like yeah, not in a not in a bad. It was it was fun, but it definitely, it it definitely deviated away from how it yeah. like the the momentum of the first half in a way. Now um, I I remember Robin Williams putting flubber, like flubber tacks on the bottom of the the basketball yeah. shoes. Did they jump as high in that one, or is it just kind of uh, like I, I think they also he also had that spray stuff, didn't he too? Yeah, I can't remember. I'd have to rewatch it. But um, it's... I I think they jump like twelve feet in the air. Like uh, I think in both movies. Yeah. I think at one point the one dude jumps all the way from half or all the way from the other court to the other side of the court. I don't even yeah. remember. Yeah, and and that's kind of where like it becomes, not in a bad way, but like it becomes over the top in like a, a funny mm-hmm. kind of way where it's it's just so ridiculous. All these people are just like, oh, they're just jumping really high. Yeah. Like if I if you saw that in real life, you'd just be like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Yeah, like these people are jumping like ten feet or like and, at least like three feet above these re- like really tall dudes' heads. Yeah, like seven foot men just they're just jumping over their heads. Like mm-hmm. the guy's like, "I don't see a problem to you. There's nothing in the rule book," and which is There's also nothing in the rule line, book about them. Just yeah, which jumping. is also a line in the uh, in the Robin Williams Flubber, Flubber, which is funny too. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I cannot find evidence of a dog in Flubber, so I couldn't. I, be... I, I think there is, but like I have no idea. I know yeah. Weebo was a thing, um, and I know Flubber had a personality in that, and that, that is something I do want to touch on as well. What I liked about this is that Flubber wasn't given this whole personality or anything. Flubber yeah, it wasn't was just sentient. Literally, 
a scientific experiment, and that yeah. was like in, it. in in the Robin Williams one, he he it becomes like sentient, and I think there's a dance number. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's, a huge dance it's, number. Yeah, and then this is just a substance that makes bouncing happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, bouncing and hovering and such. Yeah, and and I definitely. I, I like that, but I also remember... I feel like the sentientness of Flubber makes it more kid-friendly. Yeah. Uh, like, like little kid-friendly, not yeah, like yeah. like 12-year-old, but like 5 or 6-year-old. That would probably uh, be oh, it was, the It was goofy factor. as hell. It was, it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. It was, but, yeah. Uh, like, obviously, for me, at least, growing up after that, it was like, all right, that Flubber having that crazy personality and, you know, being a sentient thing was kind of ridiculous <laughs> yeah so, so this watching this it was nice that he created something and it didn't start shaking its fat ass all over the place <laughs> remember disney movie glenn uh it was all over the thick thick <laughs> uh so it was cool that it, it was an experiment and that it became this substance and that he was trying to uh come from something from it um mm-hmm. obviously in robin williams i mean it makes a little kind of more sense that definitely you know, that it went the way it did I think the best part about this movie is that nothing horrendous happens to the dog. Yeah, that is very nice. The just dogs little, just chill the whole time. He just, got a little scared from time to time. That he got a little it. scared, but, you know, some dogs are skittish. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, for being a, in a flying uh, Ford Model T, yeah, it, it was a pretty chill dog. I can't, I can't. How many times do you think Model T was said in this movie? Uh, at least 37 times. Uh, easy, easy, easy. <laughs> um... um the the uh the villain of this uh alonzo p hawk who's like the businessman that's trying to steal it mm-hmm. um i thought he was really good but his son was kind of hilarious to me like to me his son was the comedic relief yeah um biff not to be confused with biff tannen from mm-hmm. uh, back to the future um he was like this dumb kid that uh the professor had flunked or uh, to make him not be able to play in the basketball game but the cool thing is, like, the kid didn't care. The kid was just like, yeah, I didn't really deserve it. But the, yeah. the dad was, like, freaking out. I thought so that was he, a... Yeah, because the, the dad's the big honcho in the town. He's kind of like a mobster. He's like, has a lot of money. And he yeah. supports the school with a loan and everything. And uh, obviously, this professor, he, uh, he flunks the kid because he can't even spell his own college's name correctly. So he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, your kid's not going to play on this basketball team. He can't even pass my class. Yeah. Um, and it just... It, gets you know one thing leads to another and then you next thing you know there's a rivalry going on between oh, yeah. The two. but yeah he was really goofy for sure he was and he kind of got the last laugh too with uh, with uh, his dad being tricked into wearing the shoes and jumping mm-hmm. off the balcony that whole segment where he's just bouncing higher and higher and higher yeah that was so goofy like there's this one point where uh they're interviewing like this uh specialist and he's just like well i calculate that he's gaining 18 inches every time he mm-hmm. He uh, he bounces, so he's gonna be in some real trouble at seven p.m. <laughs> yeah, seven p.m. He's gonna be in some real trouble. <laughs> it's just, it's it's so goofy and like all the things they do to try to get him to stop bouncing. Mm-hmm. They uh, they yeah. have like a trampoline for him and yeah, they got the fisherman. They got the uh, um, the trampoline. They got the <laughs> what is the last one? The uh, the, the one that works. Football team. Yeah, the football team tackles him, which is his son's idea. Uh, which I, I just thought that that was a really funny segment. Yeah. And um, while it's definitely f- somehow more out there than Flubber, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what made it really nice. This movie really never m- 
made itself to be serious. Yeah. Like, no matter what, it was just, it was just goofy the whole mm-hmm. time. And even for the '60s, I think that's that's kind of it's kind of really cool. I mean, it is made by Disney, but still, that yeah. is really cool for something of its time to just be goofy the yeah. whole time. Even when the government's involved too, it's still just goofy the whole well, way yeah. through. When I I that does bring me to the end where like I feel like it went on maybe five ten minutes too long. Um, where, like, you know, the the Robin Williams one, not to keep comparing it, but the Robin Williams one, and literally pretty much any other movie where a couple drives off in the sunset, it should have ended there, but instead they go all the way to Washington, D.C., uh, and have this very long, unnecessary segment where he's flying around Washington, D.C., and the military thinks they're being attacked, so they, like, aim missiles at him and all that. Uh, it, it's unnecessary but it did have one of the bigger laughs for me when uh he, he's flying in front of um congress mm-hmm. and uh the capitol building and, and he says someone says we can't fire there the, that that's the front of the capitol building if we do every single congressperson congressman in there will lose their lives and the general thinks for a second and says get ready to fire <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that was it was funny because at that moment I was I was thinking like this movie could have ended ten minutes ago and I'd be okay. Yeah. And then it ended. I was like, oh, that makes okay. That's that's fine then. <laughs> yeah. I can like, deal it, with that. It's it's definitely like it's not long, but it's definitely not needed. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if they were just padding it or if that was part of the original plan. But it, yeah, it makes it a less complete film for me. Yeah. Where even though it's longer because they added that it, it I feel like it could have done it with another cut mm-hmm. um, where you remove that part. Yeah. I think the only real negative that I have with this is that I think, um, I think towards the end of the movie, they, they were definitely making uh, Betsy's character kind of dumb in that. I was like, Oh, huh. yeah. I was like, Oh, that's, I mean, okay. I mean, it is what it is, but like, She's kind of being really dumb here. Yeah, not only that, but I feel like, yes, uh, she was stood up at the altar three times. Yeah. But, like, she also knows the kind of person he is. Mm -hmm. And she should know that he probably was just, like, excited by something else. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and that's not to say that if this were real, that's how a woman should act. But in the film... You know who he is. You know he's cartoonishly absent-minded. It's called the absent-minded professor. Mm-hmm. And there's this guy that you're riding around with who is obviously just trying to steal you away from him. And uh, it, it's... Yeah. She never gives him the benefit of the doubt. And I don't feel like they establish that well enough with you know her being stood up three times. Whereas like even though in, when they're, when she's first introduced, it's only two times. And she's still relatively optimistic. Mm-hmm. And kind of defending him. And then the third time happens and she does a complete 180. Yeah. It's... And, and then towards the end of the film when they were flying around D.C., she was just kind of being, and no offense to any actual blondes, she was kind of being a blonde during the whole thing. Hey, now. I'm yeah. a blonde. <laughs> so are my eyebrows, but here we are. Uh, <laughs> so, it was it was just like the things that she would say. And then in, uh, the professor would just kind of look at her and be like, mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I remember her saying uh, something. I mean, uh, other than that, I, I think that movie was a lot of fun. And Nancy Olsen was actually in Flubber as well, which is, oh, was which she? is a really cool fact. She was like a secretary in uh, oh, nice. buildings. So it was That's... nice to see a little cameo, you know, going back to Flubber. I don't know if she was in The Son of Flubber or whatever, but 
Um, but it was nice to see her uh, go, you know, back to Flubber. A nice little cameo. She is in the Son of Flubber. Oh, well, so. it's good. They should never stop. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, I don't really have too much to talk about, to be honest. Yeah, me neither. So that brings us to the judgment for the absent-minded professor. As always, it needs to be a, uh, a, a mutual, like, understand it? What, what's the con- consent? Unanimous. Uh, unanimous. That, why can't I think of words lately? You came they, up with that for us, too. <laughs> I know. It needs to be a unanimous decision uh, for us to put it on the shelf. Does it become a shelf boy like the likes of Apostle and The Handmaiden? Glenjamin Button, what is your verdict? Uh, I, I really wouldn't be against putting this on the shelf, to be honest with you. Um, if, if we did like a, like a double feature, like double pack, and put it on with like Flubber and uh, Absent-Minded Professor, I think that would be pretty cool, but we're not doing Flubber. Right now, we're doing the absent-minded professor. I don't. I wouldn't against. I wouldn't be against putting it on. You know, I think it was fun. It was pretty genuine. It did get off the rails a little bit towards the end, yeah. but like I didn't hate it in any way. Like I was having fun, yeah. just goofing around. Um, see, so yeah, I, I, I'd put it on. Why not? Yeah, huh. no, that's up to that's up to you though. Like well, I, then it, like I said, I'm also not against not putting it on though. Yeah. Too, so um, I again, I really enjoyed this, but I feel like, especially lately you and I have both been trying to be a little more restrictive of what we put on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a fun movie. It was a good t- way to pass the time, but it didn't wow me. Yeah. Uh, it's not something that I'll probably ever watch again unless someone wants little, to watch little it. little roulette happened again. <laughs> yeah, if a little roulette happened again. Um, I'm so, okay with this. I'm yeah, okay with I'm, this. I, I just don't think it has quite enough to put it on the shelf. Uh, but I kind of yep. feel bad about it, but I'm also yeah. not going to change my mind. <laughs> like I said, if it was if it was part of a double pack or something like a little VH, v, VHS tapes like together, I'd be mm-hmm. very cool with that. Just slam, yeah. bada bing, bada boom, double pack, flubber, and absent-minded professor. Yeah, and then then we can watch both, and that's what maybe three hours of our lives. Yeah, probably but, something like but that. But yeah. if not. <laughs> Yeah. Whatever, dude. So the absent-minded professor does not make it on to the KFR shelf, but we don't put it in the trash can. Yeah. No, it's positive thoughts. Okay. Yeah. It would probably just return it to mm-hmm. Blockbuster, go back in time, Absolutely. be like, hey. Absolutely. I, I enjoyed this, but I'm not going to purchase this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that does it for the absent-minded professor. That brings us to plugs. Glenjamin Button, what is your plug mm-hmm. for this week? Uh, for me, I've talked about this man a few times on this podcast, and uh, he's nothing but a saint in my heart. And always produces such great content. Um, Mark Rabier, just uh, he he he's been doing streams a lot lately on YouTube, mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. just makes songs. We we've talked about it a few times. His last one that he just recently posted was called "Vaccinated Attitude." God, this man makes bops, you know. <laughs> and so like he's been with his music, he's been trying to um, get people to go out there, do the right things, like. Uh, especially with this like uh this asian hate thing that's been going on he's been very positive about like trying to not fucking hate each other get vaccinated that's another topic and this one obviously is about that basically the song's about him getting vaccinated all right let's go fuck now is pretty much <laughs> <laughs> to summarize it as best as possible but he's makes... a guy that has the song about boobs too right? absolutely yeah and it, it just makes it fun it's yeah. just it's always beautiful and it always it always makes you bob your head and you know, honestly, get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So go give that a listen to Vaccinated Attitude by Mark Ravier on YouTube. I'm sure there's other places you can find it as well, but that is yeah. the main source right there.
I say this Pfizer Moderna, I got a vaccine up inside my Pfizer Moderna, I got a vaccine up inside my Pfizer Moderna, I got a vaccine up inside my Got that vaccine up inside my life. I got that vaccine and I'm feeling just right. Got a vaccine in the motherfucking air. Got that vaccine and I'm gonna suck it clear. I got the vaccine Madonna. I got the vaccine up inside my Madonna. I got the vaccine. Got that motherfucking vaccine. I got the vaccine. All right. Well, my plug for this week is a British show that is available on Amazon Prime. Uh, it is based on a play called The Play Goes Wrong. Ooh. And uh, for those of you who don't know, that is a play that has been on the West End. It's been on Broadway. It's been in Australia. It's kind of traveled the world. English speaking. It's been doing world, pretty right by the sounds of it. Yeah. And, and uh, so it's essentially the concept of this play is that it's a play. That, but the play goes wrong, obviously, in yeah. the title. So it's it's like there's a story, but then there's a overlying story of these inexperienced theater people just doing everything completely wrong in the play. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fucking hilarious. They they turned it into a show for BBC called okay. the, the Goes Wrong Show, which is kind of a weird title, but, like, I get it. Um, so uh, it's got one season on Amazon Prime. It is six episodes where it is a six different plays that they do that go wrong. Uh, you can also sign up for the Broadway channel on Amazon, uh, or just do the free trial, and they have Peter Pan Goes Wrong and A Christmas oh, wow. Carol Goes Wrong. Oh, so they do um, a whole bunch of plays, not just like yeah, this. Okay. Yeah, and, and, uh, but the, the six that are in the show are original, not based on any other plays. Yeah. Um, they, they pretend that they're based on other plays, but they're not. Yeah. Uh, they have one where... They, they they always start the show with a little hint about what's going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, like in one... <coughs> excuse me. In the first one, they say, um, like, hey, this is... Uh, uh, we found out that this is running a little short, so we added a lot of adjectives. <laughs> and, like, they, they call the hotel, like, this big, scary, beautiful, blue, old hotel and, ju- and just keep adding adjectives to words and it's really funny they have another one where the builders of the set got dimensions wrong and it is a courtroom set that is done in centimeters instead of inches so they try to shove everyone into this very small courtroom set that's so goofy and then they have another one where the builders got it wrong again and built some of the sets upside down and some of the sets at a 90 degree angle (laughs) Like, sounds like it would be Alice in Wonderland or something. Yeah, so those ones are available on Amazon. The only ones that you would have to get uh, an upgrade for is for Peter Pan and A Christmas Carol. Uh, it's worth it, especially if you just do the free the free trial mm-hmm. um, for, for those. But the Goes Wrong show on Amazon Prime, it's hilarious. It's a good time. Give it a watch. Merry Christmas and welcome to Play of the Week. Brand new series of the Goes Wrong Show starts with a Christmas special on BBC One and iPlayer. All right. Yeah. So that does it for our plugs for this week. Next week, 
We don't have an assignment for next week, Glenn. No, sir. You and I are going to do a little something different. Next week is our 99th episode, and thusly the following week is our 100th episode. Mm -hmm. So, next week, we are going to announce our nominations for the very first Stony Awards. Stony, 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 Stony. I really am going to get flagged for that for copyright infringement. uh, Well, it's okay. (laughs) So, next week, we are going to be announcing those. Uh, what has been nominated, and then the following week we're going to announce what has won. So yeah, watch Look at us. Watch whatever movie you want to this week, and mm-hmm. find out what we thought about 2020. Just as a heads up, our rules for qualifying for the Stonies is that it had to be available for us to watch, uh, either in theaters or online. Not f- festivals, not included, because they're harder to get to yeah. between January 1st, 2020, and December 31st, 2020. So what that means is Nomadland, uh, Minari, uh, uh, St. Maud, those are all not qualifying for this one, but they qualify for next year. So we um, always got them next year. Don't worry, we, guys. We, we got them next year. Uh, that is just because, you know, we weren't able to watch them until 2021. So Yeah. There's that. In the United States, to be Just to trying to make it easier on us. Yeah. A little bit. Like, I, I know St. Maud released in theaters, I think, in 2019. Mm-hmm. So that one's really old, but it, it was not released here until recently. So, uh, yeah, just tune in for that. Our nominations will come out. That may or may not be a short episode. It might be a super long one. Who we'll knows? We'll see. We'll see. We'll find out. And then the following week, we're going to do the announcements. Uh, but as always, you can check out our website, www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we are Keystone underscore film underscore review. Twitter, Keystone underscore film. Facebook, Keystone Film Review. YouTube, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And if the variables are correct, I am Glenn KFR. I'm not even going to try. Until next week, that will do until next week when we discuss our nominations for the Stonies. Cheerio. Good day, mate. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.